Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. The Revolution suffered their first loss of the season on Saturday in a game where the finish was as awful as the conditions. After building a 2-0 lead with goals from Ima Boateng and Josie Altador, the Revolution conceded three times after the 75th minute, falling to a Real Salt Lake team that scored once in their first two games of the season. I'm Greg Johnstone. Joining me today live from the glorious Gillette Stadium press box is Sam Minton of the Bent Musket. Sam, how are you tonight? I mean, I'm doing good. I really uh, appreciate the Revs forcing me to entirely rewrite uh, my recap that I had for the game, uh, so that's a blast, but... Oh, there's there plenty to talk about. This was an absolutely wild uh, Saturday night. Filled with some highs and some lows. I'm looking out at a lovely snowy Gillette Stadium. So there's definitely a lot to talk about today. Yeah, certainly not the game I was expecting to talk about. Certainly a lot of topics that I wasn't expecting to go into. Uh, so there, there's a lot to unpack. Before we get any further, though, uh, I just want to say you can follow Sam online and follow his work at www.thebentmusket.com and follow The Bent Musket at The Bent Musket on Twitter. Uh, so, Sam, uh, with that being said, please go ahead and give us your key takeaway from tonight. I mean, my key takeaway from tonight is Carlos Heel is hashtag frustrated, hashtag very upset. Uh I was heading down to the press conference. I was sitting down, and all of a sudden, on the Bent Musker group chat, I see our boy Matt tweet, Carlos Heel just dropped an F-bomb on uh, TV. And I'm like, Matt, this better be real, because I, I will ask Bruce about this. And uh, so eventually the video got tweeted out. Carlos Heel very upset about the game and the weather conditions. Uh, Seth uh, was able to post the video and also posted uh, – the quote saying, and uh, Carlos said, it's impossible to play football today. I cannot talk to my teammates. I cannot run. I cannot do anything. It's impossible. It's not football. Stop the effing game. Uh, so obviously, Carlos feels very upset. I will say those first 20 minutes, that it, it was crazy. We could barely see anything from the press box. The field was completely covered. You saw a player slipping around. Arne Churchison was doing snow angels. The wind was absolutely insane, and that was the case throughout the game. Um, as the game progressed, I will say, you know, the field kind of opened up, uh, wasn't as covered in snow. Uh, credit to the Gillette Stadium staff. They did a great job uh, trying to keep the field as clear as possibly uh, as they possibly can. But Carlos, multiple players, AJ De La Garza mentioned a post game. Uh, Bruce Arena uh, didn't necessarily agree. You know, he said at the end of the day they played. Both teams have to play against it. But uh, the, the players are not happy that they were forced to play in these conditions. And uh, I think their anger can only be compounded by the fact that they lost in the fashion that they did. Yeah, and Carlos Hill specifically came on for about 30 minutes in this game. Uh, probably going to be the lowest pass accuracy you'll ever see from Carlos Hill. He was 10 for 19, which is 53%. He did have a key pass. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not not the stat line you expect to see from Carlos Hill. Uh, even in a substitute appearance, you expect to see him to be uh, a lot more efficient. And obviously, there's a little bit of context to that, that, you know, the majority of the time he was playing, it was uh, on defense, it seemed like. Uh, Real Salt, like, really turned up the heat uh, late in the game and ended up coming away with the victory. Uh, but still, uh, Carlos Hill was uh, not himself today, and, and you know you can certainly mention the conditions. But uh, overall, I want to get to my key takeaway here, Sam, uh, and just kind of say you know I don't want to hear about the weather. Uh, I don't want to hear about VAR, uh, which some people are going to talk about because on the second goal uh, there was it was a free kick, uh, and off the free kick uh, it, w- it was headed home. I believe it was Justin Glad on that second goal. Um, and the ball was moving. The wind was pushing the ball before the, the ball was kicked. And the Revolution did have a you know reasonable complaint uh, that the ball was moving. With that being said, 
not a lot of defending on that set piece. I think the Revolution need to own up to that was a pretty horrifically defended set piece. And I believe Bruce said the same thing in his press conference. He was railing against VAR and said, you know, I don't know why we have VAR if we can't go back and review that. That's a fair point. Uh, and and to his defense, he, he did you know, say it's not really an excuse. We did poor on that uh, set piece. Um, and I, I think, you know, we need to focus on the lack of defending on that set piece there. Uh, the refereeing was bad tonight. Um, it was very, very bad tonight. Uh, the A lot of inconsistency, inconsistencies, especially in the first half. The Revs got two really quick yellows, and RSL was pretty much committing murder, and it took them a while to get a yellow. Um, so I, I thought the refereeing was poor. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's also not an excuse. Um, you know, if you're up two goals on Real Salt Lake, and it's the 75th minute, and you're at home, I, I don't care who's out there. I don't care what the formation is. I don't care how bad the refereeing is. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care if you have Justin Rennix uh, and Edward Kizza as your center back pairing. Uh, you need to take away at least a point. Uh, there's really no excuses from this team to lose this game in that fashion. And Sam, you and I did a pregame Twitter spaces on the Bent Musket uh, Twitter account, which we do from time to time. I think the Bent Musket does it almost before every game. So check that out uh, if you're on Twitter. But um, on our little pregame show, I said, you know, the way Bruce has kind of stacked this bench, he put in a lot of the backups, Andrew Farrell, Adam Buxa, Earl Edwards Jr., really the only three starters in the lineup. And then he put his kind of star players on the bench. And we kind of talked about, well, you can kind of expect to see the starters come in and kind of finish strong. Um, and a lot of people are saying, you know, Bruce bringing in these subs threw off the rhythm of the game. Uh, it shifted things around and everything was working. You really didn't need to bring in Carlos Hill. You didn't need to bring in Sebastian Legette. Uh, and I understand that argument, uh, but there's no reason why bringing on bigger players uh, shouldn't lead, should, should lead to a complete collapse from what we saw tonight. So um, I, I don't think there's any excuses for the players tonight. And, you know, if we're talking about a team that's going to go and win MLS Cup and go to Mexico uh, against Pumas, you know, they need to play a lot mentally stronger uh, than they did tonight. And I, I know there's all these, you know, other secondary factors, but at the end of the day, this team did not get it done. Uh, and, and I'm hopeful that this is just a warning side that this team can concede three goals very quickly. Uh, and so hopefully the revolution kind of take this as a lesson and go into Wednesday's second leg against Pumas um, a, a little mentally tougher. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I do want to mention that, especially the back line. Uh, there have been some problems. Looks like those are still there, especially, you know, watching from the press box. You could just see uh, RSL directly attacking them, you know, launching those long balls. You know, it definitely stood out on, on that goal where John Bell appeared to misplace it. And, you know, they they were able to take advantage. They recognized that, you know, the wind was in their favor, the ball was moving around, and that, you know, maybe the Revs' back line would misplay it. I mean, you, you also read my mind. Uh, this loss is not something that happens to a team who can win a competition like CCL. You need to play a complete 90 minutes, especially when you're heading down to Mexico. Obviously, Pumas is strugg struggling, but they have the capability to score some goals. You know, they they have competed in Liga MX. They might not be the same team they are, but if you go down there thinking you have this locked up, you could be sorely mistaken. If you can have a beat-up RSL doing this to you, Pumas can definitely do the same thing. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Again, I have to mention it, as much as we love John Bell, did not think he had a great performance today. Uh, Ryan Spaulding might have been the savior of the back line. But again, the back line is causing problems for the revolution. And that's not good, especially when you have a guy like Henry Kessler out with a muscle injury and you don't know when he could be coming back. And I really cannot stress that this is a 
Real Salt Lake team that scored once. They did not score against the Houston Dynamo. They scored once against Seattle at home. They've scored one goal in the first, uh, what, 250 minutes of their season. Uh, and then they bang home three goals. I don't want to say relatively easy, but the first goal was really inexcusable on a ball over the top. A.J. De La Garza should have been sent off because he he absolutely uh, tackled, uh, I forget who, who the player was, but he tackled someone from behind. Maybe it was Bobby Wood. Um, and, and you know, we also like picked up the ball and scored anyway, so he didn't get carted off. But uh, the, the set piece was horrific. Uh, the third goal was a very nice goal. That, that was probably the most reasonable of the three goals. But still, the Revs did not close them down. And even before the goal, you know, it just seemed like the Revs had had no energy in them. Uh, they had no legs in them. Uh, they just seemed like a dead team overall. So if this is a team that really wants to compete for championships, um, I think this is a real wake-up call that uh, they can't have performances like this. So, um, yeah, no, uh, really, really ridiculously poor 15 minutes of play. Um, let's get to – do you want to start with the bad or you want to start with the good? Because there were some good – actually, wait, one more point I want to make. One more point I want to make. <laughs> I really don't care. Like, if you had told me coming into this game the Revs would have lost, I wouldn't have cared that much because it's a it's a rotation game. It is a, you know, we're going to see what we have in Ryan Spaulding and Maciel. We're going to play Arnor on the right wing, which I liked. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sit a lot of our our star players. Um, if you told me Real Salt Lake would win at the beginning of this, I would have probably been fine with it. But the way in which they lost and and losing with their best players on the field, maybe not their, their A team, but a lot of their best players coming on to see this game off and then to completely collapse like this, uh, horrific, horrific. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty pissed off about it. So Sam, do you want to start with the bad or the good? Cause we have some players we want to talk about and we can go either way with this one. I mean, Greg, I just want to feed into you right now. I, cause I just want to illustrate, you know, how hurt RSL was. Demir Corrales out, Aaron Herrera out, David Ochoa out, Rubio Rubin out, Nick Beasler out. So this was definitely not a full strength RSL. And again, you know, it's it's the same as uh, one of the last draws uh, of the game against Portland specifically. You go up and you get that lead and you're thinking this team's going to pull it out. And if you asked me before the game if this was going to be a draw, you know, I would have been happy with a draw. I don't think I would have necessarily been happy with a loss, but I wouldn't have been too angry. You know, you had a rotated squad. Uh, but just the fashion that it was, like you mentioned, it, it's just brutal and just something that if you're going to be one of those top teams, it cannot happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and a great point bringing up that this isn't even RSL's best. Um, you know, th- th- certainly this is a playoff team, but they were missing a lot of players. And, you know, Zach McMath, who was their their goalkeeper, um, was questionable for this game. He's recovering from an injury. Uh, and I thought he played pretty poor. Uh, I thought that that mm-hmm. goal from Emma Boateng um, was, was not the, you know, he probably could have done better. He went five hole on that one. Um, he dropped some balls. Uh, he looked really shaky. Uh, there, were, there were some juicy rebounds that, you know, RSL got away with. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I not impressed, not impressed whatsoever. So. Uh, let's get to some, let's get to the bad. Let's be miserable, Sam. Let's be just completely <laughs> miserable. And then we'll end on some positive notes here. Um, Sad boy season. Whew, um, let, let, let's get really depressing here. Cause John Bell, we, we've been wow. John Bell stands for a while. I have been saying, I said this before the game. I said this on the podcast Wednesday. I said, if John Bell has a game Saturday, uh, I think if he plays well, he might, I, I would argue that he should play over Omar Gonzalez. Omar Gonzalez has not been horrific, uh, but he looks a little slow. Uh, he looks a little clunky. And I think John Bell, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, strong guy. I, I think he's a little bit quicker, uh, but he looked real sloppy today. Uh, and there's not a chance in hell that I would let him see the field uh, in Mexico. Um, what are your thoughts on John Bell's performance today? Yeah, I would just say overall it was sloppy, especially for me. That first goal stands out. Obviously, you'd want him to play the ball better. And I think, you know, there's there were some times where he could have just made better decisions. I think, you know, there's definitely there's something there. I think, you know, he can definitely be a capable center back. But it seems like there's still work to be done. And again, you do have to mention he's a converted center back. He was used to uh, playing left back and was converted into center back. So there's definitely still some work to be done there. Uh I thought a guy like Ryan Spalding made some smarter decisions. Later. I believe there's a clearance later in the game that he made that was just really smart, just getting the ball out of the box where you could have possibly just headed it or just, you know, try and make a pass to a teammate. I thought Ryan Spalding made a good move, but it just looked sloppy. And especially in CCL, you, you can't have that sloppy play. So I, I think we can both agree that Omar will probably be getting the start. He has that experience. And all we can hope for is that, you know, this rest really helped him and that, you know, he'll be rearing to go against uh, Pumas. Uh, but, you know, there have been some times when Omar has looked slow, but hopefully this rest will help him. But again, you know, we all love John Bell. This was not one of his best performances. I think you kind of have to put this up there with that performance he had in Dallas uh, was not good at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm going to give him uh I, I, I might not give him an F. I'll give him a D because I, I do think the conditions came into play. He slipped a couple times. There was one play uh, in late in the first half where he slipped and it led to an RSL counter. Uh, and they, they tried moving the ball up the right wing and, and Farrell intercepted it. But before that, it was like a two or a three on one uh, from, from midfield. That was not great. Um, but yeah, uh, a, a lot of plays tonight where it looked like John Bell was a little bit off, a little bit out of position. And maybe that's uh, not getting enough game time. Maybe that's not getting enough reps. Um, but uh, yeah, you can kind of see why he's moved down below Omar Gonzalez on the depth chart. Disappointing night from him tonight. I'm sure we'll see him again. Maybe he'll win his, his spot back. Um, you know, I, 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 as I say, I think I've been higher on him than a lot of people, uh, but I, I don't think he did himself any favors tonight. Um, who? Uh, let's see. AJ De La Garza, too. I want to talk about him a little bit. We talked about the back line a little bit. It was pretty bad over, all, all the way around. I mentioned the AJ De La Garza uh, potential red card from behind there. Um, Sam, thoughts on AJ De La Garza uh, and uh, his performance tonight? Yeah, I wouldn't say he had a performance uh, like Bell. Obviously, I mean, I don't know how that card wasn't called. It's almost like in hockey when uh, you uh, a delayed penalty and you score, they just wipe it off. Uh, so that was quite interesting to see. I think at this stage in his career, uh, AJ's more on there for his veteran leadership. He's almost like having another coach on the field because you know he has he's working with academy kids. He's getting he has a coaching license. Uh, so especially when you have a rotated squad, he's valuable to have out there. Uh, but, you know, you would have liked more from him. I did notice sometimes where he seemed to be straying from his position, uh, just really, uh, you know, especially in that first half or that sec- second half, you know, coming over to uh, Ryan Spaulding's side and towards the middle of the field. Uh, so I wouldn't say it was a horrible performance. Definitely could have been better. Uh, but especially at this point in AJ's career, you know, he's he's there for that veteran experience. Uh, so in a game like this, you need him to show up in that sense. And, you know, when you have back lines making mistakes, you kind of have to calm everybody down. It's the same. Andrew Farrell has to do the same thing. And, you know, he's captain tonight. So, you know, that's on him to, you know, calm everybody down and get people focused. You know, especially if you if you walk away with a point, it may be quite really disappointing. But you got you, you got the you got the draw. Uh, so the fact that, you know, they lost all those points, it's just 
you know, it, it really hurts them. You never know what can happen in an MLS season. That one point can be costly. It's it's early on, but you never know. Uh, so definitely disappointing, uh, but could, could have been worse. So glass half full, I'll try, Greg. <laughs> and again, you have to give it, you know, if you look at football ratings, all these, everyone has uh, terrible scores because their pass uh, rating is off. If you look at Andrew Farrell, he's got a 5.4 foot mob rating, but I think that's uh, pretty heavily influenced by his 22 for 48 accurate passes. Uh, he was 22 for 48 on passes. It's 46%. Uh, but you look at long balls, he's seven for 21. So obviously that's heavily influencing it there. So uh, again, you got to kind of say, you know, terrible conditions, you know, there's probably a slip there here or there um, that didn't go their way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, was not impressed by Bell or De La Garza's, uh, spot starts tonight. Anyone else that really disappointed you that you wanted to cover, uh, here, Sam, before we move on to the good? Ooh, disappoint. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say disappoint. I would just say you clearly saw that Adam Busa, you know, has played a lot, a lot of minutes, uh, you know, Gustavo Bo got a complete rest, which is great. Uh, but especially in these conditions, it looked like Busa, you know, was feeling the wear of all the matches that he's played. So, you know, definitely didn't think it was one of his best performances. He had some great shots. I'll give him credit to. But I think you just see that, you know, he was a bit worn. So it would have been interesting to see if a guy like Justin Rennix or Edward Kizza uh, could have possibly, you know, made that start. So you can bring Adam on at, at half. You know, we saw that a bunch last season. Uh, but besides that, I wouldn't say really there was big disappointments. I thought Maciel... Uh, and the midfield played pretty good. Fatami Mack uh, had had a decent game. Uh, if I'd say anybody, I would probably say you know what I will say. Someone was disappointing. I'll feed the the madness. Uh, Wilfred Captoon uh, didn't exactly look as sharp, at least to me. Uh, there were some mistakes that he made uh, playing the ball. And you know, you mentioned it before the game, Greg. You know, this was a make a break game from him. If that if you know Bruce sees it that way. Don't know when we'll be seeing uh, Captoon again. Could be in a similar role to Bell where when they rotate the squad, that would be his chance to earn more minutes. Uh, so if I had to say anyone, I would say Wilfred Captoon uh, disappointed. Yeah, and I was disappointed he came off after 60 minutes because, again, you can't take a whole lot away from the first half. And we only saw him for 15 minutes in the second half when it looked like conditions were a little bit better. Um, I, I think his, uh, you know, he, he got a yellow pretty early for a pretty pretty bad uh tackle uh you know pretty late tackle which uh, i think charlie davies and and brad feldman were saying you know give him a break because it's uh you know sloppy conditions but um it was it was a late tackle and it was a clear yellow to me so um yeah i, I don't think uh captain was anything special again i want to give it a pretty big grain of salt because he came off pretty much right when the conditions got a little bit better so uh but did he do anything special no uh did did he earn his uh paycheck this week probably not so uh yeah i want to want to put him in the uh not great category and i wonder if he would have stayed out there for 90 minutes if he didn't get that yellow uh maybe we'd get 30 more minutes to evaluate and uh maybe be a little more positive on him but uh, i I actually want to push back though Uh, i'm surprised you have books in the disappointing category i had him down as one of the better players of the game um you know he does get the two assists um, both on headers. Uh, the first header was off of an Andrew Farrell cross, uh, which went to uh, Emma Boateng. Uh, and then he had the second header that kind of was tapped over to Josie Altador. And then he had another nice play there where he had, uh, I don't know what minute it was, uh, but he gets the ball kind of along the sideline, uh, kind of fought off two defenders, took a pretty strong uh, left-footed shot, and it just kind of missed the near top post, uh, near po- top corner of the, the net. Uh, so I thought Books actually had a pretty good game. Uh, I thought he was actually one of the better players out there, so I, I was, I'm a little surprised he's on your disappointing list. Uh, but he did come off uh, 77, I believe in the 77th minute. I believe he came off for Matt Polster. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do think that 
you know, he does have some wear and tear. Uh, and obviously he plays very physically. So uh, can't really blame him for coming off in the 77th minute. But uh, I thought he had a really great impact on the game. I mean, Greg, uh, I really appreciate you uh, refreshing my memory because apparently I just completely forgot about that, even though I vividly remember that Josie had there being deflected by him. So thank you for reminding me. But yeah, overall, yeah, I think disappointing was probably the wrong word. Uh, maybe a little weary. You could almost see it on his face, especially when the weather, you know, you could see he was uh, he he was feeling all the minutes that he's played. So obviously, hindsight 2020, especially in a loss, you have to wonder if it was worth playing him. Uh, but, you know, he did make some good plays. Uh, so thank you for reminding me. Well, uh, you know what? It happens to the best of us. Some of us forget plays from time to time, and I'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of this episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, don't don't worry about it, Sam. Don't beat yourself up. And, Sam, you, you know what you never forget? What? You never forget about the quality products that Glosso kits have. I mean, because I know you're mm. a customer. Uh, they're just a great company. They have great shirts. Uh, their mission is to provide unique vintage jerseys to your home with a, ca- uh, with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. Uh, they have Revolution merch. Uh, they have United States men's national team merch. They have merch from your favorite European club. Uh, if you go to GalassoKits.com, there will be something for you. And if you're not sure what you want, you can check out their mystery kit packages where you enter in the size and the style of jersey that you like, and Galasso will surprise you with the kit of your dreams that you didn't even know existed. So check out GalassoKits.com for their full selection, and make sure you follow them at GalassoKits on Twitter uh, and GalassoKits on Instagram for updates to their new inventory. They post weekly uh, with the new shirts that are in- available on their website, so you can be the first one to see uh, what is new. Uh, and when you find something you like, please use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off your order. That is promo code REVSRECAP at GalassoKits.com for 15% off your order. Links and code are in the show notes. So, Sam, besides Adam Buxa and besides Galasso Kits, other positives that we can take away from today. Uh, Josie Altador looked pretty good. Uh, I, I, and a lot of people thought I slandered him pretty harshly uh, after po- the podcast last week. Uh, why don't you talk about uh, Josie Altador uh, since I apparently am a massive hater of him? I mean, hey, uh, I've definitely uh, been possibly called a Josie hater as well, too. Uh, definitely was critical of uh, the acquisition, but, you know, I really have to give him credit. Ever since he's come in, he's really bought in, uh, you know, to the Rev system. Uh, that's a credit to Bruce Arena just for, you know, being able to be great at man management. But, you know, today he really announced uh, his arrival. Obviously, he's been able to come in. Uh, he announced his arrival, uh, I believe, not, if I'm remembering correctly, in the home opener with a yellow card uh, immediately uh, after coming in the game. But today, that goal, you know, you still that veteran experience. Uh, I believe uh might be Chris who mentioned it. Or no, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, but, you know, being in the right place at the right time, you know, that having that veteran experience, obviously, Boopsa, you know, flicked the, the header and he was right, you know, in front of that was able to put it home. And, you know, you could kind of see how much that goal meant to him. You know, he looked very pumped uh, after the goal. And, you know, just seeing him in practice, how he's interacting with teammates, you know, he always seems to have a smile on his face, you know, joking. So he's really seems to be fitting in well. So, you know, it's nice to see him get that goal. And that's really the exact reason you got Josie Altidore. He, he can be someone who can come off the bench in a, a game where you have all your starters and still be an impact player, obviously. In the past, the Reds were looking for Teal Bunbury. Now that you have Josie Altidore, former U.S. men's national team striker, uh, you know, has played some great games for Toronto. Uh, 
I would call that an upgrade, uh, Love Teal, but I would definitely uh, call that an upgrade in terms of your bench. And then when you have a game, when you rotate your squad, you know, possibly once he finds his fitness, you can see him starting these games and making sure that guys like Adam Bukta can get rest and you don't have to put him out in a game like this. Uh, so definitely great thing to see from Josie. will be interesting to see uh, if he continues to get more minutes. You know, maybe you see him get a 445. Maybe we get, see him get a start eventually soon. The games are going to continue to come for the Reds, especially when it comes to if, if they advance in CCL. We got the U.S. Open Cup this year, as long as Chris doesn't get it canceled again. Uh, so there's going to be plenty of games. Uh, they're going to need to rotate the squad. You're going to need to keep guys fresh. Uh, so Josie could play a big role, especially you know in a U.S. Open Cup or as the Reds hopefully progress in a CCL. Uh, so great, great to see Josie get his goal, and he's really, especially for me, I was very critical of the acquisition he's proven me wrong so credit to him yeah and i just want to quickly kind of amend something i said the other night because i was wrong about something the other night where uh typically when we do these podcasts we kind of walk through a quick rundown and we have a few players that we we know and i have a couple of quick notes of what i want to say about each player but when we do a twitter spaces episode sometimes uh we get questions that i'm not completely prepared for so i wasn't going to say anything about josie altador the other night i got a question about josie altador uh and i quickly rattled through you know what did josie altador do tonight uh, and i kind of forgot about probably his biggest play of the game so uh i i, I Woke up the next day and uh, saw a comment from a longtime listener asking why I didn't mention uh, probably his most important contribution uh, of the other night, which was the uh, kind of hold-up play and outlet pass to Carlos Hill. Uh, and why did I talk about how uh, Josie Altenor uh, was not linking up with players in the midfield and helping move the ball? Uh, so, yeah, that was a really dumb comment, uh, and uh, I got pretty dragged on Twitter, so uh, that is fair. But I also want to clarify something that I said, which is that, you know, when the Revs are trying to hold a one nothing lead, uh, or, or when they're, you know, I, I, I guess what I thought about when I'm being asked about Josie Altador's role was I didn't really like him kind of playing on the wing or playing midfield. Um, and that's kind of where I saw him playing the other night. Now, again, it was, this was 10 minutes. I said this is a short sample size, so I, I didn't really want to make many conclusions. But um, tonight, I, I think we kind of saw him play in a two-striker system with Adam Buxa up top, uh, and he was playing closer to goal. And I guess kind of when I got that question, you know, I said, you know, I, we, we're seeing him kind of playing back, and I guess they're playing defensively. So that's kind of the, the you know, logic of why he's there. Uh, but I want to see him get closer to goal. Uh, I want to see him uh, kind of get up top. Uh, and I think him and, and Adam Buxa have a similar skill set in terms of holding up play uh, and, and scoring goals, uh, getting in the box and uh, heading home shots and, and uh, you know, being able to unleash some powerful shots. Uh, and so that's why, why I've been saying I think uh, Altador should be coming on uh, for Adam Buxa instead of Gustavo Bo or Sebastian Legette or whatever. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly amend that. that. That's what I meant the other night. Uh, not that I think Josie Altador has been performing horrifically, because he hasn't been. Uh, it is that uh, I, I, I kind of see him kind of as an you know, up top striker uh, who I want in the box uh, and winning balls. And tonight we really got a 30-minute uh, appearance from him where he kind of played that role. And Buxa came off, and he was the lone striker for a little bit. Uh, and again, you can't really take a whole lot away from this 30-minute performance, but uh, was certainly happy to see him uh, get on the board. Uh, and, and going back to last game, it was a good hold-up play, and it was a good pass to Carlos Hill. So Josie Altador overall has been playing great. Uh, I, I think some people, yeah, mis, you know, well, I don't want to say misconstrued because I think I did not articulate myself uh, pretty well, but uh, Josie Altador has been playing pretty well. Uh, and uh, 
Uh, I, I'm curious to see what his role is going forward, if they're going to work him into full 90s eventually, uh, if he's going to rotate with Adam Buchs eventually. I mean, Adam Buchs has been playing phenomenally, um, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he kind of works out because I, I, I like him in a two-striker system, and I'd like to see him with uh, Bo and Alta, you know, Josie and Bo up top eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to dethrone Adam Buchsa when he's uh, this informed. Oh, definitely. He's, got, he's even mentioned himself. It's going to be really tough to uh, get into a starting lineup when you have a guy like Adam Buchsa and Gustavo Bo up top. Obviously, there's rumors about uh, Busa getting that European move in the summer. Uh, so he could definitely, you know, get help that way. But, you know, it, he really seems committed to playing whatever role he can. So, again, I have to give credit to Josie because he's completely proven me wrong. So credit to him. And I'll also say, too, I got we got a comment on Twitter. Uh, and someone called me blind, uh, which I thought, you know, <laughs> That's rough. You know, uh, you know, if, if you want to disagree with my opinion and say I missed something, you know, a, a good podcaster is going to get his facts and opinions right. I mean, 90, 95 percent of the time. And I am not a good podcaster. So you got to know my percentage is not going to be close to that. But if you think I'm blind and stupid, um, if you want to help me get better prescription glasses, please go to patreon.com slash revolution recap and please contribute to the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. I'm not to brag, everyone, but I am the first Patreon I saw it immediately and I knew I had my chance at history and I cannot be more happy that I'm the first Patreon in Reds Recap history. And, and you know what, Sam? Um, I, I, I'm i going to upgrade my glasses and I will see that Josie Altador is a phenomenal player. I, I was once blind and now I can't see because of you and our, our great patrons. So thank you for that. Uh, one more person, actually a couple more people I want to talk about real quick. Arnor Tristesen, you said before the game that uh, you were hoping to see a, a great performance from Arnor, and I was like, yeah, he's playing on the right wing. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to take a, a lot away from it. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal tonight. I thought he was uh, really involved in the play. He messed up really like the first minute. He kind of missed uh, Adam Buxa. Buxa went long. Arnor went short, and you could kind of tell that, that Buxa was a little frustrated with him. Uh, but after that, he, he seemed to work well with Adam Buxa. He got a yellow card. He was a dumb foul from behind. That happens with Arnor Tristesen from time to time. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, but other than that, I thought he was great. I thought he kind of swung some dangerous balls uh, into the box. Um, again, he played, I think he was one of the people that came out at the 60th minute. Am I wrong about that? Correct. Correct. So again, it's tough to take a whole lot away from 60 minutes where 45 minutes is in a blizzard. Um, but I, I thought he was one of the key players in that first half. Um, and, and so maybe maybe just being from Iceland, he's able to adapt to that climate a little bit better or not. But um, I, I thought he played pretty well in that first half. And again, like Captain, maybe if he doesn't have that yellow card, maybe he gets a full 90 and we can kind of see a little bit more from him. But uh, I was impressed for, with uh, what I saw from him on the right wing. Yeah, thank you for reminding me of that yellow card because Bruce did mention it in the post game and asked about the subs that the guys were on a yellow card. So I'm pretty sure, you know, we might have been able to see a little bit more of Wilfred Captain and uh, Arnie Tristan if they didn't have those yellows. Oh, but yeah, I, I was really impressed, especially playing a position that isn't exactly what he's used to playing on that wing. He really seemed to have the green light. It was nice to see him get those shots off. And he just obviously when guys are, you know, uh, slipping all around you know he did seem to you know have his footing uh so it was great to see obviously he's trending upwards especially after last season it'll be interesting to see what happens on wednesday because bruce relied on that international experience to play against pumas at home uh he mentioned it during the pressure before pressures before the game uh so wouldn't it surprise me to see arner get a start in a key uh ccl game down in mexico Obviously, he has that World Cup experience, you know, playing those international teams. Omar Gonzalez, I think, is more better uh, is better suited when it comes to that because of his experience. Uh, but overall, uh, Arnold Tristan's really been improving. So uh, credit to him for, you know, 
really, you know, uh, grinding this off season, realizing that MLS isn't as easy as uh, some may say. Uh, I believe Higuain thinks he can do it with a cigarette, but I don't know about that. Uh, so credit to, you know, RN for putting the work and it seems to be paying off. Yeah, no, agreed 100% and really like what I saw from him. And he played a little more centrally uh, the other night. And as I say, didn't really uh, impress too much. But uh, playing on the wing tonight, um, as I say, uh, I thought he was a lot more involved. Maybe it's because the key players weren't involved and he had to step up a little bit more. Uh, but I was impressed. And I'm curious to see who gets the start on Wednesday. McNamara went the full 90. Uh, so if we want to speculate into, you know, um, you know, does did that thirty minutes? Uh, does that does rest play a factor there? Uh, does, does does McNamara playing ninety minutes mean he he's not expected to start on Wednesday? Whereas Tristison coming off, I know you said the yellow cards played an effect, but uh, maybe maybe we're we're going to run the same eleven against Pumas next week, uh, and Tristison is uh, going to be in the starting lineup. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I think uh, his stock is quietly going up. Sam, let's get to some listener questions here. Uh, and actually, there's uh, one Greg, more. Greg, I have one more person I have to mention. I, I was going to go to it in listener question. I know who we're talking about. Oh, then I'm sorry. Nope. I'm sorry. Cut this, cut this, cut this. Well, well, James Downing <laughs> James Downing has two questions. Uh, but we do have to talk about this one person. Thoughts on Ryan Spaulding tonight? I mean, he looked really good. I mean, he was really, you know, raising eyebrows. He looked very calm. Uh, similar to... Uh, you know, Maciel, he seems to have a calmness into his game, so credit to him for that. But Ryan Spaulding, he looked really calm, made some good plays, though. He was really good with his feet. Uh, thought maybe there were some times he could have taken a shot, even if he wanted to. But, you know, definitely could realize it's his first game, just trying to fit in, just trying to, you know, make the right play. And I thought he did that. He made some smart clearances, made some smart passes, um, was, made, got fa- was able to get fouled. You know, it just was using that soccer IQ. So, really, I, w- I was impressed by him. Uh Thought he did very well for his debut, especially in these conditions. Um, he was able to help out in the attack. Obviously, you have a guy like Elon Jones, who's a constant threat in the attack. Now, now you have you know Ryan Spalding come in. Obviously, he's not up to that level, but he's still able to help out. Also doing well uh, defending as well. So overall, you have to call it a success for his debut, especially considering what he had to go through, all these conditions. Obviously, again, it did you know get better, but you know they're, they're, you still have to deal with the snow. So overall, uh, announced Ryan Spalding so far is going great. Uh, love to see that he's doing well. And it'll be interesting to see when he if he can get some more minutes because, again, you know, there's matches are going to come thick and thin, so you're going to need to rest some guys. If you can get Ryan Spalding out there and give DeJuan Jones some rest, even if it's just for 45 minutes, it can do a, a, a whole lot for, uh, you know, keeping guys healthy. So it, it was great to see him do well. Uh, definitely a great start. And he got to meet with the media. So that was nice. Yeah, first presser for Ryan Spaulding. Uh, so cer- certainly did well there. Um, you know, it, it's tough to take a whole lot away from this performance because, again, half this game was played in a blizzard. He was 24 for 43 on passing. That's 56%. Uh, did have 79 touches, so he was pretty involved tonight. One for two on crosses, three for eight on long balls. Uh, he did have a tackle. He had a block, three clearances, uh, three interceptions, 14 recoveries uh, in a very, very sloppy game. He was five for eight on duels did have some moments did have some moments where there was a little bit of slipping but um, overall I thought it was a pretty good performance and I'd like to see him play in I'll say a normal game because uh, you can kind of tell a lot of his game is kind of you know he, he's going to be kind of a left wing back type player where he's going to use his speed and I think a lot of speed was limited tonight so I, I don't think we got to see his best game um, but I, I think uh, 
he, he looked pretty well tonight, uh, and I think the Rebs certainly made a great decision uh, bringing him up to be the backup left back behind DeWan Jones and letting go of Christian Moffla. Um, James Downing also says, did the Revs lose because RSL took the human victory cigar off the field, which is a great spin zone. Normally, the Revolution win when Scott Caldwell is on the, ga- uh, on the field at the end of games. Uh, Real Salt Lake, maybe with some uh, five-dimensional chest here, pull- pulling off uh, Scott Caldwell at the end of the game. Do you think that was a factor? Uh, I mean, I, I think Scott being on RSL has to be considered as a factor. You know, it was great. We were walking down the media. I was able to say uh, hello, congrats on the win. Uh, but I think you have to consider it as a factor. He, he, I cannot get over the streak that he was able to have. Uh, again, 12-0 and 0, uh, last season. It was impeccable. And, yeah, I mean, you have to consider it. I don't know if it was the fact they took him off, but just the fact that he's not wearing that blue, that red, that awful away kit. Uh, I think you have to factor it in. And he's wearing 12, which feels very wrong to me. I mean, but he's probably a Tom Brady fan. It's same Teal Bunbury rocking the TB12. I, I, I think there's some there's some Tom Brady to that. Uh, we did get a couple more comments here that uh, I think I just want to quickly run through. A lot I agree with. Phil Hubble says, brutal loss. You can't blow a 2-0 lead at home like that. Agreeing with my key takeaway, uh, 1,000%. There was another comment here. Eric says, we came into this game not worried about the result. Then the boys gave us a two-goal lead and hope this loss stings. But I think we got to give it to RSL for the effort. I was more upset. Arena put Carlos and Legette in this game uh, when I feel they shouldn't have been anywhere near this field tonight. Uh, and then also we got another question here uh, or, or comment here. Stephen McGrogan says taking the threat of Books off allowed them to attack. Uh, and we kind of talked about Books earlier. Maybe he was getting a little tired. Uh, maybe you want to conserve him for Wednesday. I think those two things kind of factored in um, completely. But uh, getting kind of more to what I want to talk about with Carlos Heel, Sebastian Legette coming on this game. Uh, Gustavo Lopez says, did Bruce make the wrong subs? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on how Bruce handled this game? Uh, putting on the star players kind of at the end, as I say, Sebastian Legette, Carlos Heel, Josie Altador came in in the 60th minute for Tristan and Captum and Boateng, uh, and then Matt Polster came in the 77th minute uh, for Adam Buxa, uh, and then after that sub, the Matt Polster sub, uh, the game all went to hell. So, um, do you think Bruce uh, deserves a lot of accountability for making the wrong subs today? I mean, I was going to mention it. Disappointing. I wanted to get to it, but obviously, you know, we got we got a podcast to get to. I wish just Bruce would have made these subs uh, in the NYCFC game instead of saving them all for this regular season game. Because I don't know why you put Carlos Hill out in this game. Clearly, Carlos was not happy about having to play in this game, just in the sense that he thought the game should have been stopped. Uh, but with his injury history, with how much he means to the team, I have no idea why you put Carlos Hill out there. I, I, I don't mind the boots taking boots off. I think, you know, you want to rest him. You, having him have a complete 90 minutes, not exactly great, you know, heading in uh, to the match against Pumas. Uh, don't really mind Sebastian Ojek coming on either. You know, that that's fine. I'm more concerned about why are we putting Carlos Heel out there in these conditions. Again, clearly Carlos does not agree with playing uh, in these conditions. With his injury history, it just seems like a risk. And, you know, obviously looking back, you can think, well, they definitely would have needed him because if it was 3-2 with him on, what could have happened? But, you know, you, you never know. It's hindsight 2020. I think you have to play it safe, especially with a big match coming up against RSL. And for all you know, this could do more to, you know, hurt how he's feeling compared to, you know, moving on and having him sit, not agree with the game being played, but, you know, not really having that chance to play in it. But, you know, the fact that he did play, 
uh, I just didn't get it. I was in the press box. I'm like, I have no idea why we're bringing Carlos Hill out. Obviously, when it's 3-2, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Uh, but overall, I, I, that was the only sub that confused me. Getting Sebastian Legette on, not mad about it all. Getting Matt Polster on, not mad at all. Getting Bucha off, not mad about it all. Uh, but bringing your captain who has a lot of injury histories, who, is, who has a long injury history, who has been the heartbeat of your attack, in a not meaningless, but just a March snow game in not the best conditions makes zero sense to me. And to Bruce's credit, you know, he did make the triple sub and they scored right away. Um, so I, I think maybe, you, you know, Josie Altador scored pretty much uh, right off the bat there. Um, yeah, but but then Matt Polster came on and then, I mean, not that that goal was Matt Polster's fault, but, uh, you know, Real Salt Lake scored immediately right after that. Uh, do you think uh, maybe that fifth sub should have been used? Uh, we did get a comment here that maybe Brandon Bay should have came on for A.J. De La Garza, or maybe Omar Gonzalez should have come on for uh, John Bell or Andrew Farrell. Do you think that maybe uh, uh, Bruce's fault might have not been um, bringing on a, a fifth player to kind of secure the win? Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, you know, it's hindsight 2020. I don't know about bringing Omar on. I would want him fully rested. I know John Bell didn't have a great game, but I think you want him fully rested uh, for that CCL game. Wouldn't mind bringing a guy like uh, Brandon Bion just to, you know, again, you know, he's faster, he's more informed, and, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you can walk away with one point, uh, but I think at the end, end of the day, you know, it's a bit just looking back and thinking what if, shoulda, coulda, woulda, uh, but if I had to make any, I would say bringing bring Brandon Bay on probably would have been the best move. But I think it's smart to keep Omar completely fresh uh, for that CCL game. Uh, then we did get one more question here from Mike Kennedy. Uh, actually, we've got a couple more questions, but I want to get to Mike Kennedy. Is this loss on the veterans for not having more urgency up 2-1 to one to protect the lead? Uh, is it on Bruce for the shift in formation where he went from 4-2-3-1 uh, to putting on two strikers to pulling one off again? Uh, whether or should we just tip this to RSL for showing heart uh, and getting the result? And I do, do think RSL does deserve some credit. Uh, you know, it's crappy weather. You're away from home. You're down two nothing against the defending supporting shield uh, winning uh, team. So you know, certainly RSL, you know, had to pull this one out uh, and, and certainly kind of pulled momentum from out of nowhere. Um, but really, I, I think this loss is on the veterans uh, and, and for the team. I, I just think, as I say, I don't care who's on the field. You could have Chris Valukas as your goalkeeper. Um, there's really no we, you know, reason you should be conceding three times to Real Salt Lake, a weakened RSL in the last 15 minutes. So um, I know we're going we're gonna to second-guess Bruce here, uh, and, and, and I do think that maybe a fifth sub would have been good to, to bring on for the last 10 minutes or so. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things you can kind of second-guess, but at the end of the day, I don't really care who's on the field. Uh, th- this should have been closed out. Um, Sam, uh, besides my ranting that I've, uh, is pretty redundant because I, I ranted on this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, anything to add to that one? Uh, nah, I just say, if, you know, if I don't think you really pin the, the blame solely on the veterans. I think you just have to put it on the entire squad, really. RSL simply wanted it more, it seemed like. They easily could have folded even after that second goal. Uh, you know, just been happy, uh, you know, getting the point. Uh, but, you know, they continued. They continued to fight. And, you know, I would say some might say they didn't deserve the win, but I think, you know, with the effort they showed, they, they deserve that win. You know, they kept fighting until the very last minute. And that's, just, that's exactly what the Reds have to do uh, moving forward in MLS. And especially in CCL, you just, you can't let the foot off the gas pedal. And that's not just on veterans. That's on the entire team. Cause if one person lets the foot off the gas pedal, you know, it can ruin the, you know, the entire team, one mistake, 
So it's, it, I wouldn't say it's a veteran thing. It's simply the entire team needs to be locked in for 90 minutes if they want to be one of the top teams in MLS, as well as competing for that CCL title. The other thing, too, that I, I find hard to – I mean, I, I guess the – you know, Bruce has taken the, the foot off the, the gas by pulling off Books. And, again, I think that might have been impacted by rest. He doesn't want to get Books out there for a full 90 minutes. Um, but, I, I mean, Matt Polster for Adam Books, uh, that that should be a defensively stronger lineup. I mean, that really shouldn't – and, and I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I'm afraid that someone's going to mention to me tomorrow that – Matt Polster did something wrong, but I, I can't recall anything off the top of my head that Matt Polster did, did wrong. So maybe the shape was wrong. Maybe it was just some, you know, a lot of players that haven't played together and, and it just led to some confusion. Um, so maybe that impacted it. But in my mind on paper, Adam Buxa coming off for Matt Polster shouldn't be, you know, a, 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 a collapsing sub. Um, so maybe it did impact everything and maybe the change in formations led to a lot of confusion. Um, but I just I just have a hard time because I, again I, I that really shouldn't be that earth shaking of a substitution to to bring in Matt Polster at that time. So um, Sam, on a percentage basis, I mean I put this 100 percent on the players. Uh, do you, do you uh, percentage wise, uh, how much do you put on Bruce and or other factors like weather and the referee and VAR and all that other stuff? I mean it's it's tough to break it down. I mean I would just. If you're going to put it on anything, I would just 100% put it on, you know, the players and Bruce and, you know, the coaching staff. I think that's the only way you can see it. I wouldn't, if you're going to blame the weather, it's maybe 10%. You can't put the sole blame. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter as we record and, you know, people are asking if MLS considered canceling the match or was it even discussed. But I, I think Bruce said it best, you know, at the end of the day, you got to, if they're going to play the game, you have to play the game. RSL have to go through the exact same thing. And they just wanted it more. They just, again, they just played 90 minutes of soccer and they did not let the foot off the gas pedal. Uh, so I think really at the end of the day, I keep saying at the end of the day, because don't know why. Uh, it's a hundred percent on the players and, you know, the coaching staff. That's, that's, they could have changed everything by either, showing up for any minutes, even just not allowing that last goal. I know it's simply one goal, but if you walk away with a point, you, you have to feel a lot better than you did uh, feeling after that goal. One more question here. Uh, Rennie Swan says, uh, after the bile rinses away, is this a defensive or offensive loss? Uh, and Mike Toole comments on this. Uh, defensive loss in the second half, De La Garza kept getting beaten on pace, really needed to be subbed off for by. Third goal came from him not being able to close down. Um, although I don't think that third goal is completely on De La Garza. I, I think Sebastian Legette just did not drop back a little bit too. I believe it was Legette. Uh, not 100% sure on that one, but um, there was a third person that just really uh, had a little bit too much space and got off a really, really nice shot to his credit. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. I think this all falls on the defense. You really don't need a goal. Um, you don't need a third goal in the 77th minute there. Um, you, you just need to not concede uh, two times and the Revs conceded three times. So um, I, I mean, again, I, I, I think this falls squarely on the, the defensive performance and it just seemed like it went all downhill at a certain point in the game. Uh, any, any, anything you want to add to uh, if this is an offensive or defensive loss? Oh, Greg, I'm actually going to ask you to hit pause so I can uh, at least uh, get out of the press box and then I can talk to you while I walk. Actually, Sam, you know what? I think we're pretty much done. So why don't you just give your handle and then we will sign off. Uh, you sure? Yeah. No, that was my last question.
Unless you had anything else you wanted to add while you're walking to your car. I'm keeping all this in, by the way. This is all staying in. Okay. Uh, uh, yep, this is all staying in. I uh, just want to give a shout. Want to give a shout out to everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to say shout out to everybody who listened to our pregame spaces. Uh, shout out to all the, fan- the fans who did come to this game because that was definitely a, a group. Right, the, the conditions were way worse on Wednesday. Uh, but overall, make sure to follow us at the Bent Musket. Uh, make sure to follow our Twitter. Check us out online, www.thebentmusket.com. And then also, too, uh, feel free to give me a follow at Sam underscore Minton 22. And uh, you can find us talking revs, and hopefully we'll have a lot of good things to talk about uh, once Wednesday comes. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is being edited uh, after Sam got off the phone with me, but we missed two questions uh, from the Revolution Discord that I wanted to kind of touch on. Misha on the Revs Discord says, do you feel Carlos Hill's response was warranted or do you feel it's finding a reason to not say that it's a classic Revs collapse? Uh, and I think that's it's, it's more so not wanting to... Uh, avoid saying it's a classic revs collapse uh I, I think certainly you can complain about the conditions but we also like how to play in him too uh and so uh yeah i think carlos hill wasn't this animated on wednesday and i'm sure a lot of that response is anger uh, because of the result uh i don't think he'd be this angry if the revolution won so um the response might have been warranted uh but i feel like it's going to take away from an inexcusable loss and i think that's uh, more or less what i, I want to focus on today uh second question was was buxa your man of the match with two header assists or someone else uh, and I know Sam kind of mentioned Buxa earlier, uh, might have been getting a little weary throughout this game, uh, but I think he was my man of the match. Uh, I thought that header uh, in the first half on the Boateng goal uh, really set that play up. I didn't think that was the best cross from Andrew Farrell. Uh, so Adam Buxa heading it back into a dangerous area uh, certainly led to that first goal. Uh, and I thought that was a great second header too that uh, kind of tapped it on. And I mentioned a third play where he uh, just kind of barely missed. He had a great run from midfield uh, and it turned out to be a very, very dangerous shot. So I thought Adam Buxa was probably the best player uh, on the field today. So he gets my man of the match. So uh, Misha on Discord, thank you very much for the questions. Hopefully we have a much better tone uh, when the Champions League second leg happens this Wednesday. Uh, please be sure to follow us at Revolution Recap and make sure you follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages for updates to our podcast. Uh, and if you'd like to support our podcast further, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash revolution recap, which is also in the show notes. Be sure to follow The Bent Musket on Twitter at The Bent Musket and follow their work online at www.thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage of the revolution. And also please check out and support our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order. Uh, please also make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you are listening. We are trying to recap every single game this Revolution season, including Wednesday's game, which I'm still not totally sure when that is going to come out because of the awkward timing of this game. Uh, But please make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can please rate and review us five stars, it helps people looking for Revolution content find it. So we'll be back this week following the second leg of the Revolution Pumas games. Until that happens, thank you everyone for listening and go Revs.